Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, can the Raiders use familiarity and continuity to get off to a hot start in 2023? We'll talk about that plus a whole lot more coming up on this edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome here, Raider Nation, to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest edition of the show. If you're checking us out on YouTube, as always, we definitely appreciate you for checking us out, giving us a few minutes of your day. And also, we appreciate my man Ari. He does a great job each and every day getting us up on YouTube, making sure we're looking good and sounding good. You can check him up on Twitter or check him out on Twitter at Ari Producers. You can check me out as well at your boy Q254. And that's only if Twitter's acting right, right? <laughs> as we know, it hasn't been acting right as of late, but that's okay. Again, at RA Produces, at your boy Q254. And, of course, we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. Always wide open like some old school TV antennas at 707-654-4693. Coming up on today's show, as a matter of fact, we'll get back to your calls and texts. In segment number three, we didn't have any in segment number three on uh, on 4th of July as we were celebrating Al Davis. And so I had a throwback interview with John Kingdon, the co-author of Behind the Shield. So hopefully you enjoyed that. And I know some people reached out to me by way of Twitter and said that they really appreciated it, hadn't heard it before, and uh, really want to do a follow-up with John Kingdon and others when it comes to Al Davis. So we'll have that for next year. But hopefully you enjoyed that. But we will get back to your calls and texts coming up in segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. And segment number two, Mike Pritchard, former NFL wide receiver, longtime NFL wide receiver. He is a guest every single Monday on the morning tailgate on Raider Nation Radio 920 at 8 a.m. So I always tune in to listen to him. And he has some really good stuff to say, as he always does, because he's you know, got plenty of insight uh, from a former, as being a former NFL wide receiver. But he said something that caught my attention when Clay had asked him about uh, the situation going on in Buffalo with Stephon Diggs. And, of course, the Broncos and the Bills are the first two games that the Raiders uh, will play in 2023 on the road in Denver Week 1, Buffalo Week 2, and then return home for their first game of the season in Week 3 against the Pittsburgh Steelers in prime time. And then, of course, the L.A. Chargers Week 4, and that's in L.A., but that's just about a home game as well. But it's something he said about familiarity and continuity that caught my attention that I think may catch your attention as well. So we'll talk about that coming up in segment number two of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Here in segment number one, I'd like to do news and notes of the day. And there's not a whole lot of news and notes to get to as we're looking at July 5th. And so, you know, it's the slow time of year when it comes to the silver and black. But right now we're officially, in my opinion, on Josh Jacobs' contract watch. And so my man T3 Raider Facts, who uh, used to chime in on the show each and every day, when go, well, goes way back with the Lockdown Raiders podcast. One of my uh, first you know, faithful listeners that would chime in and contribute each and every day to the show. We definitely appreciate him. Uh, he, it reminds me of the hashtag pay Rodney Hudson that T3 used to always say. And anyone who's been listening to the show for a long time knows what I mean. T3 used to call in and always talk about hashtag pay Rodney Hudson. It was like his five quick hits of the day. And, and hashtag pay Rodney Hudson was always one of them. Well, we're at that stage of the game when it comes to Josh Jacobs as that July 17th is the date that we're paying attention to. That's the date that matters. I always tell you about training camp when it opens for veterans. You know, the first day of practice is 26th, veterans report on the 25th, and the rookies show up on the 20th. 
The date that matters before all of that is the 17th. That is the deadline to get a long-term deal done with running back Josh Jacobs. He's got the franchise tag right now. It's worth $10 million. He has not signed that. So let's get some things straight because I've heard some, some conversations out there that are wrong. He cannot get fined if he does not show up to training camp unless he signs the franchise tag. Until he signs that franchise tag, he does not have a contract. He is not a member of the Raiders team officially until he signs that. So the other day, I believe it was, uh, what, Monday, the Raiders put out uh, the running back room on Twitter, and they, they had a write-up about the running backs, and there was no picture of Josh Jacobs, so a lot of people got all hell-bent on, well, where's Josh Jacobs? How could you do that? Josh Jacobs is gone? That means he's out. No, it just means he's not part of the team right now. He hasn't signed the deal, so he can't get fines. He doesn't have to be at anything because he's not signed a contract. So, again, going to the July 17th date, that's what you're looking for. That's what you're paying attention to to see if a deal gets done before that. If it does not get done before that July 17th date, he only could play. His only options are signing the deal, playing on the one-year deal for about $10 million guaranteed, which is some pretty good money, saying his fifth-year option was only going to be $8 million, or not play at all. I mean, those are literally the two options that he has. Now, the Raiders could make different options. They could rescind the franchise tag. They could try to work out a, a trade, you know, some kind of a situation if they get to uh, conversations with his agent. But I don't think it's going to get that far. I think really the only options that you'll see from running back Josh Jacobs is really getting the long-term deal that he wants, whether whatever that looks like, or playing the one-year $10 million deal. So that's what we're paying attention to. We're on Josh Jacobs' contract watch. So, with that being said, Andrew Erickson from FantasyPros.com does a really good job with all things fantasy football. And I'm not a fantasy football guy, but it does lean to the analytical side of the game. And so I think it helps understand a lot. He had put out a tweet about Josh Jacobs, and so it caught my attention. And I had him on my radio show on Monday to break it down. And we had a good 14, 15-minute conversation. I have a few sound bites that I want you to hear from what Andrew Erickson from FantasyPros.com had to say. But first, his tweet that caught my attention. Raiders running back Josh Jacobs finished first in touches last season with 393. Here's what that could mean for his fantasy value in 2023. It was great for him last year, but it's the kiss of death for running backs in the following season. Only two running backs have finished as running back one the following year after leading the NFL in touches since 2013. So let's jump into a couple of the sound bites that he had from my radio show, Unnecessary Roughness, on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Monday. And the first one is just about the chances that Josh Jacobs will have touches similar to what he did in 2022. Remember, between carrying the rock and catching the ball, 393 total touches. Probably not. Um, if I'm being totally honest, especially when it comes to a guy like Josh Jacobs, where we don't really have a big sample size of him, you know, touching the ball almost 400 times in one year. You know, he was really more around at 250, maybe getting to close to 300 in his first couple of years in the league under different coaching staff. So, I mean, it definitely stands up like an outlier. Like, you just look at Josh Jacobs' career, you know, he was a pretty productive running back for the first couple of years, especially in terms of fantasy football, like kind of hitting that low-end RB1, top 12 type of running back. But this past year, it was everything, the planets aligned, essentially, for Josh Jacobs. Everything kind of worked out. There's a lot of injuries, so he was able to get more targets and receptions in the passing game. So, no, if I'm, you know, if I'm betting on Josh Jacobs to be under that touch amount, uh, I'm definitely going to be taking the under. So there's Andrew Erickson on the unlikelihood that uh, Josh Jacobs will be used that much regardless, right? 393 touches. It's just not going to happen. Uh, it just hasn't happened. The data is there. The analytics are behind it that it's not going to happen. 393 touches is a ton, and that's the most that Josh Jacobs has ever had in his career. So I always think 
and I thought that the Raiders were going to use running back by committee when they went and drafted Zamir White and Britton Brown. And, you know, before we ever saw what Josh McDaniels did, because that's what he's done in New England is running back by committee. So regardless, and this was the next question I asked him, regardless of how the contract situation plays out with Josh Jacobs, whether he gets the long-term deal done, whether he gets the, the franchise tag, whatever this case may be, does he believe that Zamir White will get more burn in 2023? Again, regardless of how the contract situation plays out. Yeah, Zamir White makes a lot of sense, guy from Georgia who obviously coming from a back system that used a lot of running backs. So, you know, he doesn't come into the NFL with a lot of wear and tear on his body. And, you know, he took some time to get acclimated. Traditionally, you know, as someone that follows the Patriots very closely, I've seen Josh McDaniels with rookie running backs. doesn't use him. He really does not ever use rookie running backs. So it's not surprising that they went away from those guys in their first year and that are expended to potentially take on larger roles entering year two. And I also wouldn't take the Raiders out of the conversation with, some of these free agent running backs, Dalvin Cook, you have a connection there with the Raiders, a new running back coach, uh, Palomalu, who spent obviously time with, in Minnesota with Dalvin Cook, who's still a free agent, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette has a connection with Tom Brady, who we know has now taken on an ownership uh, position with the Las Vegas Raiders. Tom Brady was Leonard Fournette's biggest fan right. in Tampa Bay. Like He single-handedly got him the job and helped him kind of take on that playoff Lenny type of embodiment during their playoff run for the Buccaneers. So don't, if this holdout ends up happening, it would not surprise you at all if they bring in Dalvin Cook, bring in Leonard Fournette, or sign a different free agent running back. So I thought that was an interesting nugget right there from Andrew Erickson, and I had no idea that he covers and follows the Patriots as closely as he does, but thought that was an interesting nugget when he says Josh McDaniels hardly ever plays rookie running backs. And so it kind of makes a lot of sense now when you think about all the burn that Josh Jacobs got and the fact that Zamir White didn't get too many carries. Britton Brown didn't get any carries, right? He was a special teams guy, really, for the most part. And so now you think, okay, there's got to be, you know, an uptick when it comes to the the carries and the production that Zamira White has, at least they attempt to have with Zamira White in 2023. Final soundbite I want you to hear for segment number one of today's Locked Up Raiders podcast from Andrew Erickson from FantasyPros.com. He was on my radio show Monday, Raider Nation Radio 920. His, his thoughts on teams just signing running backs to a long-term deal, especially after they have a monster year, have that contract year, like Josh Jacobs says, because the data says it's not a good idea. Here's Andrew Erickson. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not good. Um, and a lot of the running backs have come out and spoke on, on the subject about how they're not being treated fairly, and, and they're right. I mean, running back is the worst position playing football because you take the most abuse and you get the least amount of payment in return for it. So it puts the players in a really bad position, and I obviously want to side with the players when I can, but... Unfortunately, just it's not a good market to be a running back in. And in the case of Josh Jacobs, it's kind of like a lose-lose when it comes to you know people that want to draft him in fantasy. Because let's say he does hold out, let's say he does follow this Le'Veon Bell you know trajectory where he doesn't play. Like Le'Veon Bell is one of those guys on the list. He led the NFL in touches, did not play the entire next season. And then we saw his career obviously flame out as a New York Jet. So could Josh Jacobs be following those same footsteps? Like that's a concern. And then the other concern is, okay, let's say they do sign him to a long-term deal, whatever they do. Now they have the incentive to not use him as much as they did the past year. Right. So last year he was on the expired contract. So Josh McDaniels was like, I can run this guy into the ground. And that's why you really want, to, for running backs, you want to target running backs that are actually entering their final year of their contract. Those are the years that they have the big touch loads, like Josh, Josh Jacobs did last year. So those are the players you want to be targeting, not guys that just sign new deals where the teams are like, hey, like, we have this guy locked up for a couple of years. Like, we don't want to run him into the ground. 
right. want to make sure that he's healthy throughout the extension of the contract. So there you go. Again, not sure how the contract situation is going to play out. I feel pretty confident that Josh Jacobs is going to be a member of the Silver and Black in 2023. The big question is, is he going to get the long-term deal or is he just going to be playing on the one-year $10 million tag? Some people believe that he'll sit out. Matter of fact, Andrew Erickson later on in the interview believes that he's a guy that's going to like dig his heels in and really kind of do it for all the running backs and, and, and be that guy for the running back position hold out. I just don't see that happening. I've heard other people say that as well. I just don't see that happening. $10 million is a lot of money to pass on or the pass by that you can't get back. Like that's a year of his career that he can't get back and $10 million that he'll never be able to get back. So I don't see that happening, but that conversation has been out there, but we'll move on. Coming up in segment number two, could the Raiders use continuity and familiarity to get off to a hot start in 2023? We'll talk about that after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bet, up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to be hit the first home run. It's all on the app that's safe, secure, and it's super easy to use. Plus, when you win... You can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. Get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. I want to talk about continuity and familiarity. And why I want to talk about that is Mike Pritchard, former uh, NFL wide receiver who's been on Raider Nation Radio a long time. He was on with Clay Baker in the morning for the longest, and now he works for VEASAN, but he's still a guest on the morning tailgate uh, each and every Monday at 8 a.m. And he was on, and I always like to listen to him because, well, as a former NFL wide receiver, I like to hear what he has to say when it comes to all things Raiders and just NFL in general. And so he was asked about the situation going on in Buffalo. And, and remember, let's go back to the schedule that the Raiders have. Three out of the first four games are on the road. Denver on the road. Buffalo on the road. Return home to Allegiant Stadium for Pittsburgh in prime time. And then on the road to the L.A. Chargers, which, I mean, L.A. Chargers, so that's pretty much a home game as well, but it's still technically on the road. So I think that that's a tough stretch to start the season. So he was asked about the situation going on with Buffalo uh, with Stephon Diggs and how that can kind of disrupt what's going on. And he took it a step further to talk about not only the situation in Buffalo, but also the situation in Denver when you have Sean Payton trying to create a new culture there with the Broncos and try to turn things around and how that's not going to be able to gel quick, fast, and in a hurry. But the team that does have an advantage would be the Raiders because, well, it's year two with head coach Josh McDaniels. Uh, Jimmy G, of course, if healthy, you got to put the asterisks up there. He's familiar with Josh McDaniels, so there's that familiarity. Devontae Adams is in year two. Josh Jacobs, if that contract situation gets taken care of, he's in year two. There's a lot of familiarity with what head coach Josh McDaniels wants to do, and so there might be an opportunity for the Raiders to actually have an advantage to start off the season, and it really got the wheels turning. But here's what Pritch had to say about the situation in Buffalo and Denver and how that could favor the Raiders moving forward to start the season. I, I think what's going on in Buffalo is indicative of more of the same. You know, you okay. know Stephon Diggs wanting to be more involved in, in the offense or play calling or certainly uh, getting more opportunities in the playoffs and, and being mad at Josh Allen or being mad at Dorsey, the play caller. I mean, that's not going to help Buffalo get off to a fast start. But also, I think Buffalo... Uh, is more the same, right? Uh, they added Dalton Kincaid, uh, a pass-catching tight end. So obviously they still want to throw the rock 
uh, and they still lack a physical presence. I, I think uh, a, a full-strength Las Vegas Raiders football team with back-to-back road games uh, and the right mental mindset uh, can, can get off to a fast start. I, I think continuity is on the side of the Raiders offensively. Uh, that's provided Josh Jacobs is involved in that. Hello. Uh, and happy, right? <laughs> uh, and then um, I, I think defensively the Raiders could be improved. And, and so the Raiders, to me, seems like a team that's upgraded talent, um, can evolve as, as a team as well. Whereas you, you think about the Broncos, you know, Sean Payton's going to have to change the entire culture. He's going to have to change everything, even though the Broncos wanted the Raiders uh, for that home opener. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with Buffalo, home opener, right? But more of the same. Uh, and so there's a couple of teams to start the season, whereas the Raiders, if they can answer their questions during the offseason, uh, I, I think the Broncos and the Bills will have questions entering the regular season. So there you go. There's Mike Pritchard, right? We call him Pritch. Really good dude. Uh, very uh, knowledgeable, obviously, when it comes to the NFL as a guy who played in the league for a long time as a wide receiver, was a former first-round pick wide receiver, so he knows what he's talking about. And it's always, like I mentioned, great to be able to just listen to what he has to say and kind of pick his brain. And I thought that that was a very informative answer right there, and it really got the wheels turning in my head to what the Raiders could do if what he said is, you know, holds true. And of course, you heard him mention that the Josh Jacobs situation with the contract has got to, to work out. Josh Jacobs is a key cog to this. But having that continuity and having that familiarity and just the Raiders knowing what to expect and how to get things done under year, year two with Josh McDaniels could play in their favor as they start the season. And it's really, you know, about the starts to the season. And we've seen the Raiders get off the hot starts before and then fizzle out towards the end of the season. So it doesn't guarantee that they'll have a great season if, uh, you know, if they get off to a hot start, but it gives them a chance. Right. And that's what kind of got me excited thinking, OK, I know that Sean Payton and company wanted the Raiders week one in Denver. That's fine. That's what happens when a team owns you. And there's no doubt that the Raiders have owned the Denver Broncos, right? I mean, Denver fans. I had a guy on my radio show on Monday, Chad Dewing from Rip City Radio in Portland, and we were talking about Dame Lillard and the situation going on with him. And before he hung up, he was like, wait, Q, this is Raider Nation Radio 920, right? And I said, yeah. And he said, hold on, I got a shout out to Raider Nation. And he's a Bronco fan. And so he's like trying to throw shade at at the Raiders. And Raider Nation, it's like... That's how much the Raiders live rent-free in the Denver Broncos' head. So they've got a lot going on, and Sean Payton's got to figure out how to turn Russell Wilson around. So even though he's going to be hyped up, that team's going to be hyped up to be the team on the rise, watch out for them, they're going to do – we hear it every year about how great Denver is going to be, and then the Raiders just continue to dominate them. So I believe there's a great chance they go into Denver and get that win, right, week one. And, of course, we've got to see training camp. We've got to see preseason. We've got to see, you know, who's there, what the 53-man roster looks like. But, I mean, I'm comfortable saying July 5th, if I had to throw some money down on the Raiders or Broncos in that game, I'd put it on the Raiders and feel comfortable just because they've dominated them. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to dominate them forever, but I think it's going to be hard for Sean Payton to get that team turned around so quick that they can all of a sudden just dominate the Raiders moving forward. So I think that the Raiders have a great chance in that week one game. Now, of course, they have to fly to Buffalo, and Buffalo was a team that was hyped up to you know, be a Super Bowl team last year. And I know that they had a lot of adversity that they had to deal with, so uh, you know that played a factor into them having a disappointing season. But I don't want to use that as an excuse. If there's any team in the league that knows about dealing with adversity, it's who? It's the Raiders. Right. Let's not forget about 2021 and all the adversity they had to deal with that year and still found a way to make the playoffs. Now, I know they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they still made the playoffs when it was the most wild and zonky, bonky, whatever onky word you want to put out there. Right. Just (laughs) bizarre. Right. It was just a, a season that you could never imagine. 
you know, from Gruden to Ruggs to Bisaccia, you know, all of a sudden getting hold of the team and all of a sudden the team going on a four-game winning streak when they had to have it to, you know, the game almost ended in a tie week 18. I mean, if the Raiders, if any team knows about adversity, it's the Raiders. So I don't want to use that as a, as a you know, a excuse for the Bills not getting it done. But they're supposed to be a really good team. Right in, in 2022, and of course they're gonna they're supposed to be a really good team in 2023. But look, they've had quarterback situations where Josh Allen's a good quarterback, but what does he do a lot? He turns the ball over a lot. Right? He had what 17 turnovers in 2022. I think 14 interceptions and multiple fumbles. Uh, so I mean, yeah, I talk about turnovers all the time and how the Raiders need to start creating turnovers. Guess what? That's a good game. They can create some turnovers. Because Josh Allen gives you an opportunity to make some plays. Good quarterback, but he'll give you an opportunity to make some plays. So could you imagine, and I'm not saying it's going to happen. Obviously, it's a long way from now to then. But could you imagine if the Raiders start off on the road the first two games and come away with dubs and then return home for Pittsburgh primetime game? You know, I feel pretty good about them being at Allegiant Stadium. And, and on top of that, I don't really know how much better Pittsburgh got, right? Kenny Pickett, we saw what he looks like on Christmas Eve, and that was a game I thought that the Raiders should win, but the weather situation was weird. Derek Carr threw multiple interceptions in that game, gave them opportunities. I mean, it's just, there was a lot of, you know, wild that went on in that game as well, but okay, whatever. And then they go to LA for the Chargers. I mean, honestly, they can easily end up that first four games like one and three, or they could easily end up three and one. And if they were happen to end up on the three and one side of things, Every year we talk about teams that go from worst to first. I mean, look, I still don't believe in the Detroit Lions, but truth of the matter is they won nine games last year, right? They're on the uptick, right? And so I just want to see it again before I believe that they're going to be that team. But, I mean, there's, there's plenty of teams. Look at the Jets. Look at the Jets, how bad they were until last year when they got a defense that was worth the salt, right? They had a really good defense and a really good run game. And what was their big problem? Their quarterback. Now, all of a sudden, they go and get Aaron Rodgers, and they feel like, man, they, this team could go win the division. Now, I'm not saying that, but – there's a lot of people that are, right? There's a lot of teams that you see each and every year that go from being the worst to first. I mean, even look at the Carolina Panthers. They fired Matt Rule. That's my guy. They fired Matt Rule during the season last year, and Steve Wilkes took over, and what did they do? They went on a run, right? They went on a run and, and, and made themselves a respectable team, had a really good defense, and you know made the case that Steve Wilkes should get the job. And Now, he ultimately didn't get the job, but they made the case that he should, right, just because of what he was able to bring to the table and how he was able to help them. So I just I heard that from Pritch, and it really just caught my attention. It kind of perked my ears up, made my eyes widen a little bit, thinking, you know what? Everything is not smooth sailing with those first two games and those first two teams when you're looking at Denver and Buffalo. And even though that looks like two difficult games on the road, especially that Buffalo game, if everything's not clicking immediately, and who knows how Stephon Diggs ends up working this situation in Buffalo, there's a reason why he's in Buffalo. Remember, he was in Minnesota, and what did he do? He had beef with the quarterback. Well, what's going on in Buffalo right now? He's got beef with the quarterback. Tigers don't change their stripes. When, you're, when you are who you are, that's who you are, <laughs> right? It's as simple as that. So maybe there's some lingering bad feelings that go into training camp, and everything's not smooth and copacetic. I mean, who knows, right? There's a lot of things that can happen between now and then, but – it did kind of give me pause and think that, you know what, even though I'm not sure what the expectations should be for the Raiders this upcoming year, if they can get off to a hot start, that's obviously a step in the right direction. Now, they got to complete the job. Like I said, they've gotten off to hot starts many times in many years and fizzled out towards the end. If they can keep that momentum and keep on rolling, right, and, and, and win more than they lose as far as those quarters of games, you know, every four games is a quarter as far as I'm concerned. Two and two, three and one, two and two, three and one. Consistently that. Also, you look up, you're looking at a 10 or 11 win team, and you're like, dang, they got opportunity for the playoffs. Again, 
It's only July, so it's a long way to go. But I thought that that was pretty interesting with what Pritch had to say. Well, what do you have to say? 707-654-4693. Your calls and texts are coming up next in segment number three as we close things out here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this July 5th, Wednesday, following the 4th of July holiday. Getting in your calls and texts. We have that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. We had no calls or texts yesterday. We had the John Kingdon special talking all things Al Davis. But let's go ahead and start things off with Wine Country Raider. He's calling to talk about what he's excited about when it comes to the upcoming 2023 season, something that we talked about last week on Friday's show. Here's Wine Country Raider. What's up, Q? It's your boy, Wine Country Raider. And I'm uh, just calling to talk about uh, what I'm excited about this season. Um, you know, maybe the bar isn't that high, but what I'm excited about is our offensive leader is Devontae Adams. Our defensive leader is Max Crosby. Say, give me a bad thing you can say about either of those guys. I'll wait. Those are two of the biggest dogs in the league. And the league and all the players would say that from all other teams. They would say how much they would love to play with Max Crosby or Devontae Adams. We, we're building a team around those two guys, offensively and defensively. Now we have a, a bunch of other guys too who I think have a lot of potential, but if those two guys are on the same page with Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, which I believe they are, they're they're all for what the what those two coaches are, are those coaches and GMs are trying to push for this team. If they can get people to buy in, if they can get that people to buy in, and you know, we have like a decent season this year. The guys who aren't buying in, we get we filter them out. Next year, we have some more guys who are buying into that. That's how you build a dynasty. That's how you build. That's how you build these championship playoff teams. You know, so I think. Basically, what I'm saying is I'm excited that we have those two guys on our team and that we're pushing forward, and those are the guys who we're building our new culture around. That's the kind of culture I would, you know, anybody would want to be on, plus we're the Raiders. So those are, that's my two cents. One Country Raider out. Thanks so much for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And Devontae as the offensive leader and Max as the defensive leader. And honestly, I believe that Max is no doubt about it the face of the Raiders right now. He's a homegrown guy. Not only is he a face of the Raiders, but he's a guy that is in the league so respected. And it's funny, he's still kind of flying under the radar, but people know who he is, if that makes sense, right? I mean, he's not the 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 biggest name yet. But I think a lot of people are saying, hey, man, stop sleeping on that Max Crosby dude. That dude is an absolute monster. Of course, he's a guy that a lot of folks respect for his, uh, you know, his story off the field and his sobriety and everything he's got going on. Obviously, as a, you know, a late round pick to where he is right now. I mean, he's 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 got it through the mud. Right. And that what they say. He's done it the right way. So he's definitely uh, the leader of the team. And, and I like the way that, you know, he's really taking command. And every time he speaks to the media, he's he's basically ownership of the team. He, he just he understands the role he understands what position he's in and I, I can look forward to that and I appreciate that so Devontae and Max as leaders of the team and them moving forward in year two of the team definitely uh, all good and you know it's sometimes 
sometimes you got to make guys uncomfortable to get guys to play at a, at a higher level, and I'm okay with that. And I believe Max and Devontae will probably uh, hold a lot of guys accountable in that Raider locker room. Thanks so much for that call. I appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Southern Indiana Raiders. It says, hey, you. Southern Indiana Raider here. Hope your vacation was great. I listened to today's pod, and I got to say that I'm in no man's land camp. I just don't have faith that McDaniels is a good coach. I really want to be wrong. Questions around for me. Wondering about Ziegler also. Downgraded the quarterback, failed to add a linebacker that can help in the middle of the field, and drafted an injured player in the first round. Like I said, I want to be wrong, but McDaniels hasn't showed that he's capable as a head coach either. Not trying to be negative, but I just can't ignore the track record. Thanks for all that you do as Southern Indiana Raider. Thank you so much for that text, and it's okay to, to, to question and wonder if Coach McDaniels could be a good head coach because, well, that's a question that's out there. Again, I say it all the time. As long as you're fair, I think that criticism is fine, and his track record as a head coach is not good. Simple. It's not good in Denver. It hasn't been good so far with the Raiders. So he's got to find a way to turn that around. Now, I do say I have a lot more confidence in Ziggler as the GM because I feel, again, the calm, the cool, the as a matter of factness about him, he just seems like he, he's, he gets it, right? And again, I could be wrong. I could come back here next year and say, you know what? All those draft picks suck. Dave Ziggler has no idea what he's talking about. That could happen. I don't think it's going to happen, but it could. You don't know until you see how these guys pan out. And, and I wouldn't be 100% concerned with the, the injury with Tyree Wilson. I'm sure he's going to be fine. Uh, they, they drafted him for a reason. They said that his medical's checked out. He's on pace. They believe for him to be at training camp. I don't know if that means he's going to start training camp off on the 26th for the first day of practice, or he'll join the team shortly after. But I think that's a really good pick, and I really like the guys that they selected in the draft. I really felt like they, they did a good job. Now, of course, they've got to go and translate that into action and production on the field, but from just looking at them on paper and, and knowing what they did in college, I think that they could be uh, a really good draft class. I think Dave Ziegler's done a good job. I even like what he did in 2022, even though he only had a limited amount of, of draft capital and was able to get you know uh, Dylan Parham in the third round. Obviously, that dude played all year. He's going to be, I think, a really good offensive lineman. Thayer Mufford contributed as well. We know Zamir White did contributor Britton Brown and then of course Butler and Farrell Jr. didn't either but you know we'll see what they do this year if those guys can all of a sudden step up and contribute now you're looking at 2022 draft class and you're saying man wasn't bad after all 2023 okay hey that's pretty good too now you're starting to get some consistency and that's all that you're looking for but again talking about and and, and questioning Josh McDaniels there's nothing wrong with that. That that He's earned that because right now, as a head coach, his track record is not good. So thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, up next, got a call from Jordan in Oregon. He's calling to talk about Friday's show and the uncertainty about the team, expectations, excitement, and more. Here he is, Jordan in Oregon. Hey, what's going on, Q? Jordan in Oregon. I uh, wanted to give you a call and just kind of chime in on your podcast here on Friday. Good stuff, man. Just kind of the what ifs of the team, you know, and where, where this team could go, what to be excited about. You know, that it really got me thinking, and, and uh, this message just hits your ears. Maybe this would be a good subject for one of your, your shows in this kind of, oh, dog days of summer. But, um, you, you know, I started thinking, it's like, there's the old saying, there's his story, there's her story, and there's somewhere in between is usually where the truth lies. That's, that's what I'm going to look at this uh, 2023 Raiders as is, you know, most of, the, most of the talk shows and talking heads, you could say, on, on a lot of, like, the big-time, you know, stations or NFL Network or any of that right now, a lot of times you the, you, you get to – they're going through the AFC West, and then it lands on the Raiders. And the first thing that's said is, like, you know, the reason I can't buy in on this team is because of Jimmy G and, like, the guy can't stay healthy and it's because of the defense. It's kind of shaky. And it's because of, you know – 
they let go a car after one year and it's just no continuity. And like, you, you just really, and you can't blame anybody for that because usually when you pick, you know, the story of the negative, your odds are usually, you know, about half the time you're going to be right. And you'd rather land on that side than being a homer saying like, this team's going to go all the way. So it really got me, got me thinking, Q, of just that old, old adage of like, you know, his story, her story, somewhere in between. I kind of think of that's how this team's going to land. I don't think this guy's going to fall and Jimmy's, you know, going to get hurt week one. But I also can't promise he's probably going to start 17 games. And so somewhere in between there, you know, Aiden O'Connell might have to come in and play play some. And, you know, I'm not saying it's going to be like half a year or a full, full year, but, you know, what if he had to play a few games? And then, like, with the defense, you know, everybody, oh, man, the defense is garbage. I saw an article recently that said, do the Raiders have the worst defense in football? And – and it just reminded me of where we're at in the summer, and I'm not hating on that. Like, guys got to do their job and come up with content, and I applaud UQ for always having, a, you know, a really good show and, like, able to come up with content this time of year because it's, it's the dog days of summer, man. And so I just thought maybe that could be a way of looking at this team. You know, people are having a hard time. Oh, man, I can't buy into the, the hype that they're going to be this excellent offense, and I can't buy into the defense making a jump. And, and then it's it's hard to to buy into like man this Jimmy G's only been a winner he's gonna take us all the way so it's like I'm kind of somewhere in between man and uh, where that puts me is like my last call I told you you know some of the Raider years uh, the balls bounce their year their way some years it hasn't I think this year it's gonna be a little bit of both and I I see a 500 football team and you know if that's the case I'd be happy with that that'd be a jump I'd rather be there than have no plan peace out you. Jordan, thanks so much for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And that's really what I was talking about on Monday's show when I was saying this, not, you know, about us being scared to give our thoughts, but instead we just genuinely didn't know because of all the unknown, right? So for the first time in a very long time, I really have no feel, right? I mean, I just, I don't know exactly. And again, once training camp opens up and I can start to see these guys out there on the grass a little bit, then I can start to say, okay, it looks like this guy's getting it. It looks like these rookies are playing well. It looks like this quarterback is healthy and he's doing his thing, right? But until then, we really have no idea. So what I thought last year when they acquired Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones, and I was like, oh man, here they go. It's about to be something, right? 10-11 wins. This team's going to have firepower for days. Uh, Carr's going to be reunited with Devontae. Like, that That was easy to see and kind of, you know, get excited about. And that's and that wasn't just me. Like, some people was like, oh, Q, you, you lied to us. You blew smoke up our backside. No, the whole national narrative for the Raiders in 2022 and the AFC West in general was it was going to be the toughest division in football, right? I mean, that's what everybody who was anybody that had any kind of opinion said. It's going to be the toughest division in football. Well, it ended up being the Chiefs again. And really, nobody else. The Chargers, I mean, yeah, they made the playoffs, but they lost after a 27-point lead. They blew that. The Broncos stunk, and the Raiders had won six games. So, I mean, you know, like everybody was wrong about the Raiders and the whole AFC West in 2022. So this year, right now, I don't have a feel. And I think that was the whole point of what I was saying on Monday. It's not really about being scared to make an opinion. You know, it's just the fact that I just honestly don't know, and I'm not going to lie to you and act like I do just for the sake of having an opinion. I want to I be right. Like I, It's not about being right. It's about being accurate. And, and, and you know, if I have something, I'll bring it. If I don't, I'll tell you, I ain't got nothing. So, uh, yeah, definitely good stuff, Jordan. Uh, definitely appreciate you. Up next is a text from Raider Nation for Life 420, RN4L420. He said, what's good, Q? This is RN4L420 in Arizona, Raider Nation for Life 420 in Arizona. I just want to touch base on the negativity from a lot of fake Raider fans about Jimmy G staying healthy. 
Every year is a new year despite Jimmy's injury history. If you're a real diehard Raider fan, you're supposed to be positive and optimistic no matter what. I feel a lot of these fans are just mad because we have expatriate personnel. I think a lot of the Jimmy haters are hoping and praying he gets hurt so they can say that they were right. It's sad. Again, Raider Nation for Life 420. Thanks for the text. And I'll tell you, I can't speak for everybody, but I'm not speaking. That's not me at all. I've been talking about Jimmy G and his injury history before he even signed with the Raiders. I think that it's foolish to ignore it. I think it's foolish to just say, oh, well, he's been injured his whole career, but he ain't going to be this year, right? I mean, that's just, I even had a question on the radio on, uh, on Monday. I said, do you have more confidence that the young Raiders defense will gel and, and complement the rest of the team or Jimmy G is going to play all 17 games? And I think maybe one person had confidence that Jimmy G was going to be available for all 17 games. I mean, it's just, it's a reality. It's not hating. It's a reality. You know, if a guy is, is injured his whole career to say that, well, he's a Raider now, so he's going to be healthy, that's just, that's just being blind to the fact that it's right there in front of you, right? I mean, that's, that's – and I get it, man. You know, a lot of people – and there's shows out there that do that where they'll talk through silver and black glasses and rainbows and puppy dogs and the Raiders could do no wrong and everything's great and they're going to go 17-0 and this, that, and the other. But that's not this show. This show is for actual reality – conversation, you know, again, not looking to be a hater, not trying to bring down the room, not trying to be the negative dude or any of that stuff, just trying to speak the truth to what we know it to be. And what I know the truth to be when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo is that facts show in his career, he's had one season, one where he's been healthy the whole year and that's it. So if I ignored that and said, well, this year will be different. Why? It's like being in a bad relationship and you break up and you get back together and you break up and get back together and you break up and get and you repeat and re-rinse that cycle for like 10 times. And then you think, you know what, this 11th time it's going to be different, <laughs> right? Now it's going to be different. No, history tells you it's not. So at some point, you know, you just got to be a reality. Now, I don't know if he's going to play 15 games, 14 games. I would like him to play anywhere from 13 to 17 games. Right? I think that he needs to play 13 to 17 games. But again, history tells you that Jimmy G is just not that guy. I hope that he's available all 17 games. I really am. Because if he is, I think this offense could be really sticking good. But again, I have to put that asterisk there if I'm being real and honest with you and truthful. And that's what I'm going to be here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. With that being said, let's go ahead and close out the show with one Pretty lengthy call from a first-time caller, Raider Esquire. He's calling to talk about a defensive player that he feels needs to step up in 2023 and thinks that he's not being talked about enough. Here he is, new booty caller, Raider Esquire. Hey, Q, this is uh, Raider Esquire. Been listening to you for years, first time calling. Wanted to call in and talk about a uh, defensive player that's going to step up. And uh, I wanted to mention that uh, one defensive player that I think that Nobody's talking about is our number seven overall pick, Tyree Wilson. I don't feel that Raider Nation really kind of understands or knows how dominant, how special of a player this could be. I don't, it's hard to remember a player coming out with that much power. His long arm is unstoppable. He plays the pass and the run. The number of tackles for losses reminds me a lot of Max Crosby. I think he's going to be able to dominate the entire game from the edge, inside, outside. As a uh, hit, he can even drop back and pass in. His versatility is very unique. You know, at his size, 6'6", 275, has enough flexibility, and he is very athletic with the, with the speed. 
was asked to do a lot of Texas Tech, playing his, played a lot, played on the inside shoulder of the tackle, rushing the guards, dropping back in, playing the pass, but also playing, playing the edge. This guy would just take over games and dominate people. I'm really excited about this guy. I'm beyond just his physical capabilities, his mindset, but the story of him being the leader, um, there's a, there was a game with a figure playing TCU. They were trying to run up the score in the fourth quarter, putting his, putting his foot down, taking, putting the defense back on the field and stopping them. He would also be the guy in the locker room that players weren't putting all of their effort into, into the practice. He would be calling people out. He would be making sure that everybody gives their best. This is a very unique player. This is a guy that can just he can change a team. And I'm very excited to have him. I'm going to go ahead and put this out there. So, so I'm looking at a comp for a guy that's 6'6", 275, an unnatural human power on the football field. I'm talking about not just you know, gym power. I'm talking about man power. That, that type of power that is just, you might be able to bench press the same amount as a guy, but when you put two human beings out there on the field, he just has enough torque and unnatural power to just, humiliate people. There's been a player back in the 90s that maybe a lot of young people don't know about him. His name is Reggie White. You watch, you watch film of Reggie White about how he would just throw human beings around. Unnatural power. He may not look like Arnold Schwarzenegger out there, which go back and watch Reggie White highlights. Watch Tyree highlights. That's what it looks like when you have an unnatural human being that's destroying other people. He'd be more excited about Tyree Wilson. Not enough talk about him. I know he has the foot injury, but when this guy, when this kid figures it out, that's what it's going to look like. Raider Esquire out. Raider Esquire, thanks so much for the call. Appreciate you, my man, Tyree Wilson. Yeah, he's a dude. He's an absolute dude. I mean, we've talked about him a lot on the show. I was excited when the Raiders got him. I had his head coach, Joey McGuire, on my radio show and brought that conversation to the podcast. I'm going to get his defensive coordinator at Texas Tech. I'm going to get him on the show at some point. Uh, he's a leader. We've had guys from Texas Tech that cover Texas Tech uh, talk about Tyree Wilson on the show. Uh, yeah, I think the thing about him is I don't know, one, how they're going to use him, right? I mean, how, is, how are they going to put him out there? Is he going to be out there a lot? Is he going to spell Chandler Jones? Is he going to be a guy that, you know, fills a role? Sometimes Chandler's out, sometimes Max is out. Is it going to be like a NASCAR package where they're all three on the field? Like, I'm not sure about that just yet. And then, of course, the foot injury, when is he going to be available? Is he going to be available at the beginning of training camp on the 26th? Is he going to wait a, a few weeks before he's in, in, entered into the mix? Do they slowly enter him into the, the mix on the field? Like, that's, that's my question. I think that's why we haven't talked about him a ton. When I'm looking at guys that need to step up in 2023, I'm looking at guys that are already there. I'm looking at guys that are veterans that, you know, need to play better than they did or or even up to the level uh, and, and make a few more plays than they did in 2022. So, yeah, I mean, the rookie class, you know, it, it can go a lot of different ways. I mean, think back when Khalil Mack was a rookie. He had four sacks. And I'm sure people thought, oh, man, this guy is going to be – you know, he, he, he might be okay. He might be, you know, really good. Turns out to be he was really good. Clee Farrell, he had four sacks. Turned out to be he was just okay, right? Max Crosby, he turned out to have 10 sacks his rookie year, right? And no one expected any of that. So, I mean, it can go so many different ways. That's why I'm not going to put that on Tyree Wilson, that he's got to step up. But 
I do expect him to be a big factor moving forward for the Silver and Black. So Raider Esquire, thank you so much for the call. Definitely appreciate you. Thank you for making it the first call, first call for you. Hopefully it's not your last. You can always hit us up at 707-654-4693. So that's going to do it for today's show. Raider Nation, definitely appreciate you as always. Hopefully everyone had a fantastic holiday. Everyone's uh, having a good time getting back to work, kind of getting back into the groove of things. We'll be back tomorrow with more calls and texts, more news and notes, and of course plenty of conversation here as we continue to uh, power through another week here on the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.